Christ is risen. Christos anesti. Christos vos crassi. Almasicam. Hakincam. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. You know, just as a as we journey through the Paschal season, we come to the first Sunday which is an affirming Sunday of the resurrection. And, you know, we sometimes say, poor Thomas, you know, because he wasn't with the disciples. And then it's interesting that even after his journey through his apostleship, he, uh, when they all were translated miraculously to say their last of the mother of God at her departing guess who didn't come Thomas <laughs> he was three days late to that one he was eight days late to this so what is this, this incredible account this incredible opportunity Thomas has to affirm the resurrection for us um, I think it's important to look at it from several uh, perspectives one is the issue of doubt itself. That, you know, the Lord even says, blessed are those who see and believe, because sometimes we need rational, our rational mind to comprehend the reality of the spiritual world. We need, the, we need our rational mind to comprehend it. And that's not a bad thing. The Lord didn't say that was bad. But he said, blessed are those who don't see and believe don't have to put their finger in my side and see the nail marks in my hands. Blessed are those that have faith that don't have to do that. But it's not a bad thing and we all struggle and it's important to struggle rationally. God gave us a rational mind. You know, the church teaches us that, that, that our faith is reasonable but it's beyond reason. Let me say that again. It's reasonable, but it's beyond reason. So you can't comprehend the faith just with your mind. That's what Thomas was trying to do. He was trying to understand the faith, understand the resurrection only with his mind. I will only believe if I see it, only with my mind. The Lord said it's, it's faith. It's the deep faith of the person that allows then things to expand in, into the understanding of the spiritual life and the spiritual world. So we have to have, both things exist and both things are important to look at. We don't just say you don't need to understand it because our faith is reasonable. There's nothing in the faith that's not reasonable, but it is beyond reason. So we, we, we struggle with that and Thomas kind of shows us that. Because as soon as he saw the Lord, he said, My Lord and my God. Because you see the struggle with Thomas as well as the other disciples here. You know, they're not off the hook. Because when, they, when Christ was crucified, they also lost heart. Remember Luke and Cleopas on the road to Emmaus? And the Lord joins them. Jesus walks with them. 
And they're telling him all about the things that happened to Jerusalem. Oh, don't you know that our Savior, the Messiah, was killed? We had hope that he was going to redeem Israel. So they weren't off the hook. So they too have they too struggled. But the uh, importance is to see that we move through the struggle to faith. We move through the struggle to faith. Um, so this this great effort that St. Thomas makes in the declaration of my Lord and my God because they all saw him as Lord, teacher, master. But what convinced Thomas that he was God? That he saw that he rose from the dead. He conquered death. That's what convinced Thomas. He knew he was master. He called, they called him Lord all the time. And they knew intuitively that he was God, but this was the affirmation of that very moment. My Lord and my God. God and man together. The affirmation of Christ's resurrection is his godliness and his earthliness together. We see this. Um, so we come to this moment in Thomas's life, uh, and he also, after this, uh, the apostles are they draw lots to go to different parts of the world and guess where Thomas draws the lot anybody know where he went he went to India and it says in the account that he was sad that he had to go so far away from his brothers and sisters he was envious to some degree of his of their lot compared to his but he went anyway and converted thousands and thousands of people many many imperial uh, people in the imperial crown were converted and eventually Thomas was martyred with five spears into him um, but the, the, the effort here then is Thomas's is after doubting his movement into his apostleship to take the word of God and, ex- and expand it into, uh, into India so today we honor uh, beloved Apostle Thomas. But there's things that we see here from this moment and into the development of the church. And we see spiritual struggles in the context of the church. And we're, here we are as a community of people that live close together and we have spiritual struggles. We're building a new church and God help us to build the spiritual church inside first and then make it beautiful outside but it should be beautiful inside and the apostles had to struggle with all kinds of things as well as did the early church had to struggle with all kinds of issues like Thomas's doubt like Thomas's envy and we look and we see St. Peter and Paul in their disagreement on how the gospel who the gospel should be shared with we see uh, struggles of morality in the Corinthian church. We see spiritual compet- competition with the Judaizers and the Gnostics. So we see this sense here of, of, of spiritual struggle. That we, and we have, to, 
we have to see what then are we struggling with today. Do we doubt? Do we come to points of doubting? Not, maybe not even doubting God, but doubting that God is working in my life. Doubting what is in my life is from Him. In unforeseen events, let me not forget that all are sent by you. It's a hard one. It's a hard one. Why does He send things? To save us. To teach us. To purify us. To illumine us. They're sent by God. Do we believe, do we doubt sometimes the things that are sent to us are from Him? We have to be very careful with that. Do we envy? Are we like Thomas, wishing we had something, another assignment? Do I wish I had something else? Do I wish I had other relationships? Do I wish I had uh, other things here? Do I wish I had that thing? Or do I wish I had this thing? Do I wish I had a big house? Or do I wish I didn't have a house? Do I wish I had a boat? Or do I wish I didn't have a boat? You know, they say the two greatest days the own, the, a boat owner has is one, day he buys it, you know what the second greatest day is? Day sells it. It's a burden. So we have this sense of, of, of envy. Do we look around and see something that someone else has and envy it and struggle with that? Are we not content with what God has given to me, <clears throat> to us? <clears throat> That was a struggle with the apostles. That was a struggle in the early church. It's always been a spiritual struggle. It's one of the seven deadly vices. Envy. Because what it does is it takes your thankfulness away from God and begins you, you to focus <clears throat> on other people and the things of other people. And begin to you begin, in that sense, to, uh, to despise them. Because they have something you want something that you think you should have. Thomas overcame that. Converted all of India. <laughs> you know, that's where Carrie Sancherico, you know, Carrie and Sherry are there right now, so our prayers are with them. The church dealed with, dealt with disagreement. Uh, Peter and Paul, where are we go? Who do we send the gospel to? Do we, do we teach the Gentiles or do we teach for the Jews? Okay, they came to a conflict. They had to resolve that conflict. We come to conflicts here in our own life, in our own struggles, in our own journey uh, as a church community. We have disagreements. We struggle with those things. Sometimes those disagreements can get us a little upset at each other. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> so we struggle there. We struggle when, when we move into places where we clash, where there's not harmony. And we have to fight with those things. We have to deal with those things. We have to overcome those things to be people of the kingdom. You know, we struggle with a society that's teaching a morality that is so loose. It's so loose that it's damaging souls of people. Damaging the souls of people, and they don't even know it. They don't even get it. They think it's like, okay, it's normal to live immorally. It 
it's okay to do that. It's not okay to do that. You know, I was reading the other day from, uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting book about how the church dealt penance in the old church. You Thank God you didn't live then. Because if you did certain, certain things, you were out of communion for like 15 years for certain sins. Why? Not because it was punishment, because it took you that long to heal. That when you sin, you wound yourself, and it takes time to heal. Father John said that the other day. He said, he said you know, we sin, and we want to be pardoned. Well, that's number one. We do want to be forgiven, and God forgives. And he forgives right away. But there's two other things that need to happen. One is you need to be cleansed. After the sin, you need to be cleansed. It's not enough sometimes only to be forgiven, but the sin is such that you're, you're, you have filthied yourself, you've, you stained yourself, you need to be forgiven. You need to scrub, and that takes time. That's not just right away. And then you need to be healed. Forgiven, cleansed, and healed. That's the process of bringing us back to that normal place. So we need, we need to struggle that way. We need to understand that that's part of our struggle. To live uprightly. So we don't do damage to ourselves. And then spend time healing. And then we, within the context of the church, there was spiritual competition. Uh, the Judaizers came in and said, you all have to become Jews. You have to live the Jewish life. And the Gnostics came in and said, no, there's another gospel. There's a secret gospel that you have to follow. And so they, they struggle with all these things. And we, thanks be to God, you know, we, we have a, a settled doctrine. We're in a, in a calm, in calm waters when it comes to what do we believe and how we practice what we believe. You know, I was t talking to uh, four other clergymen that I meet with uh, that are Protestant pastors here in town. And they said the, the, the most difficult and frightening day of their year is Easter is because we have to make Christ rise from the dead every time. We have to have my best sermon. I have to have my best music. We have to have the best flowers. We have to have the, have to have the best everything. And it's got to be different every year. So they're all, I'm sitting there going, I'll tell you what we do. We turn off the lights and light a candle. And everybody comes. And we do it every year. We do it the same, and we sing the same song. Really? Really? So you see the, the, the value of this, the, what we've inherited, the power of what we've inherited? These are really good men. I love them dearly. Uh, so how do we overcome these things, and where are we in our journey? Um, thought about that. I said, oh, this will be really nice. I'll encourage all the people with all these things, and then I'll say, amen, or discourage them. No, I'm going to encourage you. How do we overcome all these struggles, the doubts, the envies, the disagreements, the struggles within the disagreements, the morality issues, and any spiritual competition we may have? We overcome it by the power of the resurrection. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. You overcome it with that power. With that power. There are two incredible stories. One is the story of, and I'm sure you've all heard this one, 
the story of uh, an old uh, Russian priest who the uh, communists were stood up in front of them and berated the faith, just trashed the faith completely for an hour, hour, and then the the uh, the the communist leader said to the priest, "Old man, stand up and defend yourself, but you only you can only say two words." You know what he said? Christos Voskresi. You know what everybody said? The Eastern of Voskresi. It just, it was so deep in those people that the power of the resurrection just overcame all that stuff that was trying to destroy the faith. And I took the children up to, uh, up to, uh, to the monastery, our children from St. John Academy, and we spent the night, and I read them the story of Tom, Wolfman Tom. Have you ever read that story? It's the sweetest, sweetest story. Oh, my goodness. This was a vicious Russian criminal who, was, who had horribly murdered people. And he's, uh, gosh, every time I think about it, he's... Uh, He's, he's the terror of the town, a small little town in Russia. He's the terror of the town. Everybody's frightened of him. And so one night, uh, uh, months go by, and he's, there, he commits no crime. So they think he's gone. He lives in the forest where the wolves and the jackals are, so they figure somebody, something's happened to him. He's not. Well, all of a sudden, he rises up again and commits a horrible crime. And uh, in the midst of the crime, he goes into, he's got this big ball with a connected with a letter and he pounds people with it. And he goes up to this, uh, into this room and there's a young boy in his bed and the young boy takes he sees the man come in and he's a little afraid but he looks at the man and he holds up his Easter egg this is right before Pascha and he goes, Christos Boscresi and the man he says and, and he told his mama, he said, mama when I said it the man put his toy down Boy, was like a weapon. And all he looked at me with his tear in his eyes, he took the egg and he said, And so that next day, he comes to church. This is a man that they've been hunting for years. And he's, and all he can do is say, over and over and over again. He's eventually, uh, He's so overcome by the beauty of Christ in his life that he's eventually pardoned by uh, Tsar Nicholas. This is a true story. And he um, becomes the caretaker of the town. Anybody that needs help, he helps them. And the town is eventually uh, overcome by a plague. And there's only one person that will go around and help everybody. It was Tom. They started to call him Good Man Tom. And uh, so the power of the resurrection. That's how we overcome this stuff. It's the power of the resurrection. Christ is risen. Let me just read a few excerpts from the service on Sunday. And, and to encourage you to step into your life with, with, with the power of God. He says, from death unto life, from earth to paradise, as Christ our God led us, singing the song of victory. You have victory over these things. 
This isn't the song of victory, just Christ's victory. No, it's a victory over. It's a victory over death and corruption, your death and corruption. Let us purify our senses so we can see Christ shining in unapproachable light. We shall clearly hear him say, Rejoice. Would you like to hear Christ say that? Rejoice. With all the stuff that you have in you and all the stuff I have in me, all the things I go through, all the thoughts that disturb me, all the words I say that I shouldn't say, all the deeds I do that I shouldn't do, is there a sense in which you'd like to hear Christ say, Rejoice. So we move in that direction. Uh, yesterday I was buried with thee, today I rise with thee in thy resurrection. Yesterday I was crucified thee with thee, today I, I live in glory with thee. Savior, allow me to come into your kingdom. Today salvation has come into the world. Christ is risen as, as Almighty. Freely has given himself as our cleansing Paschal sacrifice. You know what Pascha does? The Pascha joy does? It cleanses you. Christ is risen. See that? He's got cleansed. He's got cleansed. Wolfman Tom. Christos vos gracias. That's all he said. That was his only response. Thou hast destroyed the power of death. Thou hast bestowed upon us thy resurrection. We behold thy cross. O, we, for behold through the cross, joy has come into all the world. Let us ever bless the Lord, praising his resurrection. For by enduring the cross for us, he has destroyed death by death. We no longer have the fear of death. He's clothed our mortality in the dignity of immortality. You know, you have been given the power of immortality. The power to overcome corruption. You know where that resides? I want you to put your finger in the air like this. Then I want you to do this. You know where that power is? Right there. The power to overcome corruption. It's not out there. It's in here now. The cleansing Paschal power. Christ is risen. See, you're cleansed there a little bit. Just a little bit. What a joyous celebration we have. And then finally, in the, uh, the great Pascha, 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 uh, let us let God arise. There's 17. This, uh, the kids told me there's 17 of them, by the way, if you want to know the number. Seventeen Pascha, Pascha, Pascha's, yes. You know, I was telling the children this, you know, why Pascha is such an important thing? Because Pascha means Passover. And to the Israelites, Passover was simply a passing from the slavery of Egypt into the promised land. You know what Pascha is for us? From earth to paradise. From earth to heaven. That's why we say it with such vigor. It's not just crossing the Red Sea. It's a bridge to heaven for us. Pascha. So we say it as many times as we can. Passover, Passover. It's a great, also is a great link to our Jewish heritage. Um, so it says, Pascha, which is open for us, the gates of paradise, Kapasha, which sanctifies all the faithful. 
Pascha, ransom from affliction. Are you afflicted? God has paid the ransom in his resurrection. And then to me, it ends with this. This is the last words of the Paschal hymns. Let us embrace each other. Let us call brothers even those that hate us. Let us forgive all by thy resurrection. Wow. Wow. How do you forgive? It says, by the resurrection, by the Paschal power. That's how you forgive. You don't forgive doing it mentally. You don't forgive rationally. You forgive in here because Christ is risen. He's giving the power to do that. He's giving you the power to do that. So I want to encourage you today, whatever struggle you have, whatever struggle we have as a church community, whatever struggle we have in the context of uh, our own life, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. You can overcome it. You can overcome it. Not alone, but by the power of God in you. The power of the resurrection. So when we say it, let us glorify his resurrection. Let us adore his resurrection. So we we say this with such vigor because it's such a powerful tool. It's a spiritual tool to use. So walk in the joy of the resurrection this Paschal season. Walk Walk in the power of Christ. Keep your mind on those things. And you can rise above any struggle you might have with God's help. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Us by thy might we may ascribe glory unto thee, to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. No one is bound with the desires and the pleasures of the flesh as words to approach or draw nigh to serve thee, O King of glory, for to serve thee is a great and a fearful thing, even to the heavenly powers. Nevertheless, do the unspeakable and balance up toward mankind, that it become man, without change or alteration master of all to take the name of our high priest deliver unto us the ministry of this liturgic and bloodless sacrifice for thou alone our Lord our God who was to all things in heaven and earth are born of the throne of the cherubim the Lord of the seraphim the king of Israel alone art holy and rest us in the holy place wherefore I implore thee alone art good and ready to listen look down upon me as sinner and thine unprofitable servant cleanse my soul and my heart from the evil conscience by the power of the Holy Spirit enable thee endued to the grace of the priesthood to stand before this thy holy table and perform the sacred mystery of thy holy and immaculate body and precious blood. For I've done near unto thee and bow my neck, I pray thee. Turn not thy face from me, neither cast me out from among thy servants. For thou safe that these gifts may offer to thee by me thy sinful and unworthy servant. For thou thyself art he that offereth and is offered, that accepteth and is distributed, O Christ our God. To thee we ascribe glory, together with the unregenerate Father, and all holy and good and life-giving Spirit, now and ever into ages of ages. Amen. Let us who mystically represent the cherubim and sing the thrice holy hymn to the black green trinity. Lay aside our worldly cares. We may be the king of all and just pay a full day of that joy.